Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has a word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to his purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. It is day 38 of our 90-day challenge, and we are in a brand new book, the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the first chapter, the first through the 18th verse. In my 30th year, in the fourth month on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kabar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, by the Kabar River in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was on him. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their fourth sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being. And on the right side, each had the face of a lion, and on the left, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. They each had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching that of the creature on either side, and each had two other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. And that ends our reading for today. Our topic for your consideration is purpose includes pivots. 
And I decided upon this title because of Ezekiel 1, chapter 1, verse 1. In my 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was among the exiles, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Day 38 of our 90-day challenge. And I want to give you this thought. Purpose includes pivots. The Bible tells us about this character, this biblical priest and prophet, Ezekiel, that Ezekiel is a visionary prophet. He has these crazy visions. Uh, but prior to him prophesying to a people who would not change, he is sequestered, removed from his hometown because of the Babylonian Empire's attack. He is now removed from home and in exile with other prisoners. Five years pass and he has been in exile. He's now 30 years old and at 30 during that particular time, someone of his character and statue would become a priest. At 30, he's supposed to be a priest, but he's in exile because purpose includes pivots. Have you ever been interrupted and now you're trying to figure out what was the purpose of that? Assignments are temporary rest stops and even those rest stops are included in the ultimate purpose of your life. What if God is using this temporary pivot to give you a permanent perspective that will shift you into purpose and power? In short, his destiny is interrupted. I have a good friend, her name is Rose, and she literally founded a conference and a ministry titled Destiny Interrupted because the heart of her question is, what do you do when purpose includes pivots. How do I still get up in the morning when I had a goal in mind at this particular age and now my life has taken a left turn? My friend, that is your assignment. An assignment is a temporary rest stop, but inconvenience. It could also be a pivot that shifts your perspective so that you're clear around purpose. Today, I want you to be Ezekiel. Find a vision even in the midst of exile. Find a solution, even in the middle of your interruption. And when you have that positive perspective, then nothing can stop you from producing, even in the pivot. Now that we have a little bit more history on the times in which Ezekiel was born, the times in which Ezekiel reigned and the times in which Ezekiel was called, I think you get it now. Purpose indeed requires pivots. At 30 years old, I'm sure Ezekiel thought his life would end up one way, but here he is in exile and called by God and given a vision that no other prophet can actually say, I can relate to that. Can you relate to being the Ezekiel in the midst of major or minor prophets? Seven lessons I glean from the subject matter pivot about purpose. And I think each one can speak for themselves because we see them all proven throughout scripture or even in life circumstances. The first lesson that I want to give you today as you think about purpose and assignment, the intersection between a temporary rest stop that has a deadline and the living verb that should show up in every sentence of your life. Number one, pivots aren't prejudice. Michael Jackson wrote a song a long time ago, or rather he sang it, 
doesn't matter if you're black or white. And in the same way, I want you to know that pivots happen to everyone. Whether you are rich or poor, life will pivot. Whether you are up or down, life will pivot. Whether you have a degree or not, life will pivot. Pivots are not prejudice. And because of that, I think we can insert grace when people experience unpredictable pivots. And when I learned how unpredictable pivots are, I was able to have a little bit more empathy when I heard others' stories. My mother can tell you that while on maternity leave, she experienced a pivot. That pivot told her from her boss that there was no job for her to come back to. And she was a new mom and without a job. That pivot, though, allowed her to start a daycare that is still in existence today. Hundreds of young children have been taught because of her pivot. Thousands of people have been impacted. Her employees have been propelled into their purpose because of her pivot. Pivots aren't prejudice. Number two, pivots don't ask permission. I've never experienced a pivot that knocked on the door and said, do you mind if I come in? Pivots don't have manners. Pivots aren't even polite. Pivots are a lot like driving in New York City. Oh, we're going to get over in this lane or you are simply going to have a car wreck. Pivots don't ask. Pivots sometimes tell, but they always push through. They don't ask permission. I remember when I was growing up, I thought to myself that God was not just able to do all things, but that God would do them according to my faith. But when I went to seminary, I encountered a story and a situation that wrecked my simplistic, reductionistic conclusions of faith. There were two young girls seated at the foot of a hospital bed. Their mother was dying of cancer, stage four, and in walked a prophet who declared the word of the Lord to these young two girls. And she said, your mama's not going to die. They clung to that word. But unfortunately, a few days later, their mom passed. My purpose pivoted forever when I looked at these two young babies and they looked back at me and said, but I thought she said that my mom was not going to die. Did God lie? Out of that moment that did not ask permission because death and grief are often spaces and situations that don't ask permission, I had a brand new question. What do you do when you don't get healed? What do you do when you've had the faith and you've believed God and then like Hebrews, you die in faith, not having received the promise? Pivots, don't ask permission. So when you get a pivot, don't sign a permission slip. Lead the people to a possible conclusion that has not been considered. Number three, pivots are provoked by people. We are in the people business, whether you are a communicator or you are a lawyer or a doctor. I don't know too many jobs that avoid people. Even technology jobs somehow involve people. 
And they're often provoked by people. I think that the greatest memories and some of the most painful memories all have one thing in common, people. So what are you going to do when the person you loved walked away or the person that you didn't expect shows up? You've got to manage people so that you can maximize the pivot. Number four, pivots produce patience. I don't think anything in the Bible is random. So when I look at 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and I see some of the characteristics of love, I notice that the first among all is that love is patient. Then love is kind. I think the order matters because people are only as kind as they are able to wait for you when it is inconvenient for them. Is your love kind? Is your love patient? Have you been able to say through this experience that because of an unpredictable pivot, I was able to learn how to wait. Not only did I learn how to wait on God, I learned how to wait on other people because oftentimes we think that we are waiting on God, but the reality is God is often waiting on us. But in the patience wheel, God is teaching us to trust him and to rest during the wait. And that is something that no other person can teach you except God. Number five, pivots teach perseverance. My friend, I'll never forget when I decided to get a double hip replacement. I was, I think, in denial. I was hoping that God would make my dream come true and I confused prayer with a wish list. And the doctors told me I needed a double hip replacement. I aggressively fought against that and I prayed for a miracle. But God decided not to do the miracle the way I expected. My daughter was walking out of Pizza Hut with me at the time. She was really young and I was a little too far ahead of her to grab her hand as I saw a car jump around the corner past the drive-thru, and the next thing I knew, my daughter was about to get hit. Because of the pain that I was in, because I could not run anymore, because I had pushed off a necessary surgery because I wanted to believe that God would give me my dreams, my daughter almost got hit by a car. That pivot, that scene, that sight gave me permission, gave me the determination and develop within me the perseverance to say, whatever I got to do to keep my daughter safe, I will. And I signed up that day to get my hips replaced so that if I needed to, I could rescue my child if she were in danger. Number six, pivots are platforms. Whether the platform is high or low, pivots usher you into platforms. Spaces and places that you would not have received or gone to without them. And I want to know, are you ready for the platform? Do you remember the Old Testament when Isaac is looking for a wife? Rather, Abraham is looking for a wife for Isaac, his son. He sends the servant back to Isaac's hometown. And as the servant goes, God answers prayer. The servant puts before God various conditions and expectations, things that he will look for in this gift called a wife for his servant, Isaac. And my favorite scripture is, 
And as I prayed, Rebecca came out. In other words, before I finished praying, Rebecca came out. Before I said amen, God had answered it. Could it be possible that God's about to answer in the pivot something that you've been praying for, looking for him to show up in ways that he already has? But not only does God answer this servant's prayer, but when the servant goes back to Rebecca's house and encounters Laban, her brother, and their family members, the same day that she met this stranger was the same day that she was moving out of her home. Are you ready for the platform to pivot? Because I believe that in order for you to enter into this new season of purpose, you've got to accept that this is not my season to get ready. This is my season to be ready. And finally, pivots yield change. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and then I will forgive their sin and then I will heal their land. If my people, then I will. Pivots yield change. Matthew, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you should not have room enough to receive it, then I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. When you tithe, I turn. When you give, I provide. Pivots yield change. And at its very simple level, I learned this in tap dance class. When they tell you to pivot, that means to turn. No, I'm not making a 360 because when I turn in a 360, I go right back in the direction that I was walking. No, a pivot is a 180. It is a shift and it is a moving toward. It is not just looking back. It is deciding never again to go back. So today, what God wants to know is, are you ready for the permanent pivot? This pivot may be inconvenient. This pivot may be uncomfortable. As my friend Rose reminds us, destiny might be interrupted, but can you still trust God in the turn? Can you trust God that God will change what is necessary to change and everything that he did not change doesn't need to be changed? My prayer today is that you will see God in your pivot and that you will see God in this new platform. You will see God in this new moment and you will trust God to change you. Let's get to work. Change me, oh God. Make me more like you. Change me, oh God. Wash me. Change me, oh God. 
wash me through and through. Just create in me a clean. Remember this has come home. 